We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. You started the, the Olmus Garcia point by saying I'm not a big fan of, and I thought you were going to say burrito. And I was going to streamline into a whole food conversation but we'll, we'll keep that uh oh man i love burritos yeah <laughs> um, this is the fantasy soccer podcast from rotowire.com your premier source for fantasy sports for player news projections dfs lineup optimizers and more please visit rotowire.com soccer and now here are andrew laird skylar redpath and jd Bazo. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. I am joined tonight by Skylar Redpath, one of our MLS experts. JD Vazo is a little too busy to be joining us tonight. Skylar and I were deep into a season long MLS fantasy manager conversation uh, five seconds ago, and I said, wait a minute, we should have this on the podcast. So, uh, Skylar, we already talked about how I feel like I've missed out on BWP. And you've had him for the last few weeks. He's been awesome. He's got a great schedule uh, for the rest of the season. But where I wanted to go in for when we started recording here um, was you and I, and I know JD does, I think all three of us have our wild card is left. And game week 31 is like a super double game week. It has, uh, I think, eight, eight teams on a double. And then basically everyone is off in 33 except uh, – 
a few scattered teams, including Colorado and Houston, who have double game weeks. But um, do you think you'll use your wild card, meaning after this weekend, to get all of the double game week players in, or do you do it going into 32 uh, to make sure you get Mauro Minotas and Christian Maidana? <laughs> like, I'm not sure. <laughs> How do you stack up on double game week players? Yeah, I was going to say, Gashi seems like the must play, and I assume a lot of people will be on Marlon Hairston. But it's like if there are two teams that you don't want to have to pick a lot of players from, I think it's Colorado and Houston. Yeah, and I think you and I and JD are kind of in the minority here. I think a lot of guys actually probably did use their wild card a couple couple rounds ago when there was a double game week. It uh, wasn't a bad spot to use it in, but I do think that we might have an advantage here using it. I am going to use mine going into 31, um, but the plan for me is to prep somewhat as much as I can um, looking ahead to round 32, So, uh, meaning my bench will probably be orange and maroon. <laughs> yep. Um, and then I'm also going to have some, some of the guys that are on a DGW. I think uh, in 31, I think Chicago's on a DGW. Yep. Um, so a con might be a guy that I'm, I'm looking at bringing in. They're also playing around 32 when there's going to be, um, you know, several teams on a buy. So I think there's a way you're going to have to spend some time configuring it, but there's a, a way that you'll be able to set your team up to where you've got 11 guys going in round 32 and you've got a pretty potent, um, round 31 DGW team. So that's kind of how I'm approaching it. Yeah. It's uh, Chicago and Columbus, sorry, Chicago, Columbus, San Jose, and Seattle, are the four teams that have doubles in 31 and play in 32. Um, we, before the podcast, we're talking about um, Didier Drogba because Montreal is one of the teams with a double in 31, but the second game is at Orlando, and Drogba has basically has not played on turf yet this season. Um, I don't remember if he played on turf last year. Uh, I think they had at least one game... Uh, on the turf at Olympic Stadium, and I don't think he played that one. But there has to be a thought that he he's almost like not a double game week player because, uh, you know, if you don't play on turf, you're probably not going to play at Orlando. Yeah, and there's so many uh, good forwards playing that round too that I don't think you have to immediately navigate towards uh, Drogba. Um, hopefully Giovinco will be back. By that round 31 <laughs> DGW, we just don't know yet. I'm I'm still trying to figure out what his status is. I mean, we thought there was a chance he would play last week, and he didn't even make the team. Yeah. Um, and I, it's been hard to even find bits of info about him training this week. So it's still up in the air. But you'd figure, you know, even if he doesn't play this round, that hopefully he's still he's. Um, they're going to want to get him back into the mix at some point before the playoffs. So it seems like that DGW might be prime time for that and Toronto FC's got a really favorable schedule too they've got two home games they've got Orlando City um, and then they've got DC United so you figure Giovinco if he's back then he's going to occupy one of your forward spots um, and then I think from there then I think you'll be able to find two other guys that um, could have as big or a bigger week than Drogba especially if he's only going to go one potentially go one game yeah I'm not even considering him a double game week player. I would assume that Piatti plays both, but um, <clears throat> I mean, they're so desperate for points now. You would think Drogba would play, but right. but 
but he's Drogba. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. He's 37, 36. Right. And I don't, you know, this is his last few weeks in, in Major League Soccer. It's probably right. better JD's not here because he'd be so angry just talking about Drogba. Right. I'm um, sure JD would say something about Drogba's last few weeks in MLS so that he can start his head coaching career. That's right. That's right. To that effect. <laughs> yeah, the Toronto one, I mean, they, I'd say that's arguably the easiest double game week schedule. And um, I guess Columbus, they're at D.C. and then homing in Chicago. But, you know, two home games uh, usually trumps that. And I I can't imagine many people are thinking that they're going to get Javinko uh, production if they roster Josie, even though he's been really, really good lately. Yeah, he's been he's probably in the form of his life, at, at least MLS wise. I know he had a couple of really big seasons over in uh, Holland. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's been since then. <laughs> right. But then again, you're comparing MLS to, to the Dutch League, which I'm not familiar with the Dutch League myself. I'm sure maybe they've got their, both got their own, um, one's better than another in their own right. But um, he's, yeah, Josie's hot right now. And uh, it's fun to see too, you know, just from a U.S. soccer fan standpoint, it's good to see him scoring goals and hopefully he keeps it up. Yeah, it seems like the U.S. team went from having uh, a lot of question marks up front to almost too many forwards. Like um, Bobby Wood has been playing really well internationally and uh, for his um, Bundesliga club. Uh, where is he? Hamburg? Is that where he was? Uh, I think so. Yeah. That's right. And then, um, I mean, Jordan Morris has been great for the Sounders. Um, it seems like he'll easily lock up rookie of the year. So, um, And then who knows? what the deal is with Dempsey, but we may have seen the end of Clint Dempsey for being a, a, a major part of the U S team with just with the way that uh, the other forwards are playing right now. We haven't even, you know, we haven't seen Julian green or Aaron Johansson in, in a while. So um, they only get younger too. So anyway, yeah, don't, I was going to say, I don't count out the golden one yet. Landon Donovan's back. <laughs> Come out and said this week that he would be open to a return to the national team. So, Let's see if that happens. <laughs> uh, I'm sure Klinsman's already called him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go into this week. So uh, everybody's plays this week, and you know if if people are still holding their wild cards and plan on using them uh, to go into 31, kind of like you and I had been talking about, then you, you basically don't need to think about anything beyond this week in terms of building your team. Um, are there specific matchups that you're looking at that you think i mean i i looked right away to the red bulls playing home against the impact uh just because montreal has been so bad but we got new york city fc hosting chicago um they actually lead it start the weekend friday night uh no frank lampard probably for the rest of the regular season but are you are any of the guys from new york city fc other than david via um getting you interested at all uh for are we still talking season long or is yeah, this DFS yeah. here? Season long. Season long, no. Um, DFS, Matarita is about the only one other than, than Via mm-hmm. that I'm considering. Uh, I, I maybe consider Matarita for season long, but um, just as a little as a one off. Yeah. I mean, the Fire is a great matchup for him. So, uh, Via, I love, love the spot that he's in. Um, I think we'll start seeing some goals out of him kind of as the season ends. I, I think we'll see a via BWP and Giovinco three-way 
uh, horse race towards the end here for that golden boot. Uh, BWP's got 20 right now, but uh, Dava Villa's three back, and that could easily be cut to. I mean, he could he could he could match equal, it. Yeah, yeah, he can match it against the fire on Friday. So for sure. And Javinko's got the got a game in hand, basically, as we can call it. If if he <laughs> right. if he comes back this weekend, but uh, let's go to the DFS slate. Um, speaking of Javinko, because he's he's on this one. Uh, DraftKings is doing a two-game Friday Saturday. We've got um, obviously the Friday is New York City and Chicago, and then the Saturday is five o'clock Toronto hosting Philly. There, there doesn't or there's not really that many huge uh, salary guys. Via is obviously um, pretty expensive at twelve thousand. Javinko's at fourteen five still, but I'm not sure. You know, with with so little news uh, about whether he's going to play. It seems unlikely that he would go from that to starting. Um, do you disagree, or do you think if he's fit, he's definitely starting? I don't know. I'm back and forth on it because uh, JD was, you know, pretty headstrong about that. Even even if he was fit last weekend and was on the bench, that he he wouldn't start and he wouldn't play. I was saying that he would, if he was on the bench, he would at least play just to kind of get integrated back into the mix. And I'm kind of of the mindset too that you know maybe he just they said let's have give him another week off this past weekend, um, another full week of training, which I haven't even heard if he has been training. But I just feel like if he's at the point where he can play, that he's gonna play, mm-hmm. and he's probably gonna start if he's fit enough. That's that's my uh, mindset with G- as far as Giovinco goes. So I'm gonna be doing everything I can to figure out what his status is. Um, leading into tomorrow since I'm playing the Friday, Saturday slate um, and see if I can, if he's worth building a team around because yeah, he's the most expensive player on the slate and I don't want to get caught Saturday with Giovinco in my lineup and trying to disperse the funds. I was going to say, you're going to have like six grand left over. <laughs> yeah. It'd be fun. Um, so. Yeah. So that there's just not a ton of expensive players on the slate so it almost makes it a little easier we've got uh, david v is obviously twelve thousand, but i mean barnett is up to 92 i don't know if that's a um i guess it was 89 the week before but i don't know if that's like a two-game slate price or if that would have been his price uh fully he has been incredibly consistent though i mean you scroll through his entire game log and he's got it's just double digit points every time um do you think he's worth the 92 more than Josie Altator at 9,000 if Javinko doesn't play? Like, I assume Josie's kind of a non, you don't even consider him if, if Javinko starts. Maybe in a TFC stack lineup. Oh, all right. <clears throat> um, but yeah, between the two, uh, as much as I don't like that price tag on Barnetta, then yeah, if, if it's between him and Josie, I'm choosing Barnetta every time just because of the safe floor that he brings. Yep. Um, he has been incredibly consistent, as you said. He had 12 crosses last last game, which is something that we haven't really seen um, as much out of him. A, a lot of his production's been from the goals and just the peripherals across the board. Um, but most of his points this past game came from the 12 crosses. So yeah. um, that just kind of adds another dynamic to his fantasy upside. So, um, yeah, I like Barnett on a two-game slate, even though the price is pretty steep for him i think um, with the price though i mean you could package him with via and they're just like not that many other players to spend up on like you have david akam uh obviously is is one um we talked about josie Akam's at 94 mm-hmm. but after that 
CJ Sapong is 6,000 in terms of forwards. And um, Barnett is 92. And the next highest is Frank Lampard, who's not even playing at 77. So the next fit one is Pirlo at 66. Like, I think you can pretty much have anyone you want in this lineup uh, as long as Javinko doesn't play. Although if he plays, you might be able to sneak in a via Barnetta Javinko combo, which would be yeah. nuts. But <laughs> yeah, it'd be tough. Um, just I'm tinkering with it a little bit here. I've got a com via and Barnetta is the first three that I picked. I'm looking at my average per player um, for the last five guys, and it's thirty about thirty nine hundred. Mm-hmm. So it'll be tough. I mean, because you you got to think you'd want to get guys like. Arturo Alvarez in there, who's taking corners for the fire now. He's at 5,000 now, so mm. once you stick him in, then, yeah, you're really going to have to start scraping the yeah, the bargain bin there. So I went um, with Harrison, too, and that's even he's even more expensive. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, I mean, obviously with goalies, you only have your pick of four, so um, Bono and Saunders are over five grand, so you're at that point then taking a road a roadkeeper and a two-game slate, that right. one of which is up against David Villa and the other one could be against um, Javinko. Although, I guess Andre Blake looks a little more attractive if if Javinko sits in terms yeah. of a cheaper option, at least. Yeah, possibly. I mean, the uh, TFC they are coming off a three-goal game right. against the Red Bulls at right. New York, or what? No, is that Toronto? It was at a. Yeah, I think it was at Toronto. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's a weird slate. I'm not sure how to. <laughs> That's a weird one, definitely. Um, let's move on to the main Saturday one. That's where the bigger uh, contests are. We've got six matches. Three start at seven o'clock Eastern, and we've got nine, nine thirty, and ten thirty. So, kind of your standard MLS spreading it out. Um, the seven o'clock game, uh, or the first one on my list here, is DC hosting Orlando. Um, we. I feel like whenever I think Orlando's going to be really good, they're absolutely horrible. Like not even like they're like kind of okay, but um that that one against Columbus was just so shocking to me uh last week and it it makes me a little hesitant almost to to like pay up for guys like Kaká or Kyle Aaron, but um should there be any hesitation? I mean, DC is not exactly a fortress. I, I mean, I think we both got bit by Kaká last week, yeah. uh, giving him the captain's armband in season long. So I know we're a little salty on Kaká right yeah, now. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I just this game in particular, there's so much writing on it, and I'm just I'm back and forth on how to read it for fantasy purposes. I'm because basically DC and Orlando, um, they both are. I think let's see. They're a point back of New England for the last playoff spot in the East. And they've both got a game in hand. No, I'm sorry, they're two points back of the Revs. Mm-hmm. They've got a they've both got a game in hand. So basically they are tied for the last spot before the playoffs. So um both teams are fighting here for a playoff spot. I'm just I'm not sure if it's gonna be a defensive battle or if they're gonna be back and forth scoring trading goals. It's crazy that New England is in the playoffs as of now with the worst goal differential in the league yeah tell me about it yeah it's and just i mean we've been dogging them for weeks now for weeks yeah they they jump uh, above the red line Mm. 
there are only six teams in Major League Soccer that have a positive goal differential. Yeah. Six, like, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's just this game in general, I'm still trying to get a good feel for, but I'm probably staying away from a guy like Laren um, with so many other forward options out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be the same with Kaká, just especially now with uh, MPG on corner kicks. It just that kind of eats into his fantasy value. Yeah. Um, but again, if, if Orlando City um, do turn things around, which I think a lot of fantasy players are going to be off of Orlando City based on their performance last weekend, mm-hmm. then Kaká is definitely a guy that would be would be involved and could make, be a difference maker in a fantasy lineup. Um, another guy who's on this slate, um, and I'm going to skip ahead just for a quick second, who's had corners kind of taken away from is Diego Valeri. But then also a, a pretty good matchup playing against Houston. It is in port in Houston, excuse me. So there's a little travel there, and Houston's not always the easiest place to play. But at eleven thousand four hundred, um, do you still? I mean, yeah, do you still consider Valeri like a reasonable play at, at eleven four? Yeah, I do, and uh, it's six hundred dollars more than Kaká. Yeah. So if I'm choosing between those guys, and yeah, I might try to find the extra funds for Valeria. I just, I, I do feel like he provides a little bit more of a floor than Kaká, even though both guys have kind of had their corner kicks stripped of them mm-hmm. late in the season. Um, feels like Valeri does a little bit more across the board than Kaká does. Kaká is a little bit more relying on goals and assists, which he can provide in bulk, but Valeri's taking shots, getting crosses in from free kicks and open play. Um, just, I think that extra 600 is worth it. Okay. Um, to the DC Orlando match, Luciano Costa, does he interest you at all at 7,200? That yeah, seems like really cheap yeah. versus the other guys because, I mean, he's been scoring basically 12 to 15 points every night. Right, and he's another guy kind of in line with Barnetta that's just been bringing it week in and week out that, um, you know, fortunately his price hasn't skyrocketed. It has jumped a good bit since we've you know, a lot, a lot of us were kind of ignoring him there for a little while, and it, he's kind of quietly started coming coming along. And I'd say seventy two hundred is very reasonable for him, especially in a game that DC needs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be active, so yeah, I would be willing to pay seventy two hundred for Acosta. And I like even like their other options. I like Sam. I like uh, Patrick Narco. I'm still uh, still wish that Mullins was a forward though, because it's so hard to play him in a midfield spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw what he did a few weeks ago. What he dropped like a 40 point game or something. It's just, yeah. It's just like if the goals don't come though, then, um, you're basically just hoping he piles up the shots and that's about all you, all you'll get from him. So, um, I'd much rather pay for Mullins as a forward than I would a midfielder, but, um, I could see somebody sticking him in there. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to play, if you're considering Mullins at 66, you would easily switch over to Bolaños at 63. Like, I'm not sure there's any reason to, to take Mullins in that spot. Yeah, Bolaños or even um, Perez Garcia is 6,300 right. as well. Yeah. So those guys have a much safer floor. I'd say Mullins is more of a tournament play. Right. Um yeah, and even uh, Kevin Molino's 
kind of in hovering in between all those guys. He's he's kind of a under the radar guy that I think he was doing really well there for a spurt during the season. I think think his numbers have been falling off somewhat um, t- enough to where people won't be as high on him as earlier in the season. So mm-hmm. um, there's definitely some, I think there's some fantasy value to be had in this game. It's just kind of trying to figure out what how the game's going to play out. So I could. For sure. <laughs> It feels like Chicago or that DC Chicago game um, last Friday was really open, and if we see that uh, translate into this game, then there's going to be some goals scored. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it could be packed with some fantasy goodness. Uh, speaking of which, I actually think there'll be some in the next game too. Uh, the Red Bulls hosting the Impact. Montreal has been pretty poor. Uh, all over the place, really, but particularly defensively. Um, Sasha Kledgen is 600 bucks cheaper than Ignacio Piatti, which seems like they should be flipped. Um, do you disagree? Do you think that's that Piatti should be higher? No. Well, yeah, I think uh, Kledgen should be higher. So, yeah, I do uh, disagree with that yeah. pricing. Um, Piatti's just – he's – creating he's getting the chances um he's just not finishing and his teammates aren't finishing so yeah (laughs) um maybe if that was different then his price would be justified but question's actually been you know he's obviously assisting bwp who's in the form of his life right now um and then uh question's picking up points elsewhere too which piotti is just not cut out for so, yeah, I think Kleshin should be probably the highest-priced midfielder in this one. And BWP over Drogba is an easy decision? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, man, not easy. Um, <laughs> Drogba's $1,000 less. Um, if Montreal get things going, which it's hard to say that they will, but uh, I mean, Drogba's front and center for him, so. Yeah. Uh, are there any of the, I don't want to call them like peripheral midfielders, but that's basically what they are. Um, like thinking of guys like Sean Davis, Alex Mule, Daniel Royer, like do those guys get much attention for you if they start? Yeah, Royer has definitely grabbed my attention uh, recently. He only played 60 minutes last game, which is um, a little bit of a reason for me to shy away from him, but he was getting in some good spots and think uh might have been bwp that scored a goal that royer is basically right there waiting to tap home if he <laughs> didn't so um his point total could have he could easily have had double digit figures in back-to-back games so for 4300 if he starts again then i might be willing to to give him another even if even knowing that it might just be 60 minutes i'd probably be willing to roll him out again is he starting for grella or for mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's been starting for Grella because uh, Moyle was suspended there. Right. And he's started again this past game. And Moyle's a guy, too, that I you know, really like. And his price has been jumping up over the past several weeks. Um, looks like it actually took a dip even after he posted another double-digit game this past weekend. But um, 5400 is not a bad price for him. I mean, he's. It seems like he's pretty consistently hitting close to double digits, um, and I know that's not. You know, when you're paying fifty four hundred for a guy, you're hoping 
to maybe get three times that. So double digits is about, you know, 11, 12 <laughs> points. Yeah. About in the meeting in the middle there, um, which is accept, acceptable in cash. But if you're going to win a tournament, then it might not work out. Uh, 4600 bucks for Harry Ship. <laughs> he started last game. Wasn't yeah. That much. Sure did. Didn't do much else. No, got a, he got a yellow card, in fact. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can move on from that. Um, <laughs> I assume Piatti and Drogba are really the only impact guys you're you're considering. You're not going to go to Donadell or Becker or Malice or Mancosu or Salas. I mean, like... <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Mancosu is actually dealing with an injury of oh, okay. some type. But, yeah, I probably would be staying away from him as it, as it is. And even the other guys that you mentioned... Um, probably staying away from Piotti myself. Drogba would probably be the closest to consideration just because, mm-hmm. you know, he is a lethal goal scorer and he's taking shots in bulk. Yeah. And he's probably going to get you at least 10 points, even even if he doesn't score. So, um, yeah, of, of the impact contingent, then I'd say Drogba's the only one that I might be really looking at hard on this one. Okay. Uh, the next game is Colorado at Vancouver. Um, we kind of teased uh, Schkels and Gaji a little bit earlier. He's at an even 10,000 and has been kind of disappointing lately. Didn't he, uh, I don't think he started last week, or maybe it was the week before. Um, and Colorado hasn't been all that impressive lately. I feel like... Gashi at 10,000 and Bolaños at 6,300 is like a humongous gap. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anybody from Colorado that, you, that you'd think about? I mean, it's pretty much just Gashi, right? For DraftKings, at least. Yeah, just Gashi. And if um, Baji's price was still depressed, then I'd consider him. He's actually looked pretty sharp for them lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if Gashi does start if, uh, if Baji will go back to the bench, but... I mean, he had five shots last game. He had uh, three the game before that at Dallas and scored a goal. Um, and he's just always a guy that's so fast and just kind of gets in the right spot at the right time type of players, um, gets in behind defenses and um, just causes fits. So um, this might be the type of game that Baji does well in. I just I don't love him at 5,300. Um Again, you're talking about another. If you're if you're playing two forwards and you're gonna have a probably a stud like a BWP or Drogba and then a cheap guy, so he might be the cheap guy. Mm-hmm. Um, just still feels like that's too much for him. <laughs> uh, if he gets the start, are you gonna be tempted forty six hundred bucks for Eric Hurtado again? Yes, yeah. I am. Okay, and. What what if any of these other <clears throat> guys start? I'm looking like uh, Russell T- uh, Tebert, Blas Perez, like anything from from either of those guys you'd really think about. Tebert, not uh, not really. I mean, he's not really done much all season. Yeah, I think he there's like a season or two ago where he was actually somewhat fantasy relevant, and he just seems like it just seems like he's completely dropped off since then. For sure. Um. Blas Perez, has he been starting lately? No. Yeah, so maybe if he starts, um, yeah, because he's 4,600. So if he starts, then I might 
consider him, but man, Colorado is still a tough defensive unit. Yep. Um, thing is that Vancouver really needs this one, and that's kind of the theme of my some most of my fantasy strategy, especially down the stretch when things get tight like this. I play a lot off of the uh, playoff scenarios. What if this and what if that and when a team's desperate, then guys like Blas Perez suddenly come back to life and uh, teams get goals in kind of the strangest places. But, you know, it usually ends up being some of the same guys that we see year in and year out. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, if he starts, then I'll, I'm, I would probably consider him over Baji. Okay. Just for the $500 savings. Yep. Uh, let's move to the next game because I think I found your savings. Um, Portland at Houston. Darren Maddox, 3,800. Yeah. Yeah, I cashed in on that last week. Yeah, he did. had 19, two assists, 19 points, somewhere around there. And seems like he's pretty much locked in that starting role in Portland. Um, I think Caleb Porter made some comments to the effect of that Maddox is actually working on both sides of the ball. Kind of seemed like a little bit of an underhanded jab at Milano. At Milano, yeah. <laughs> um and yeah, I mean Maddox is a guy that I mean he's not gonna get you he's not gonna score a ton of points if he doesn't get on the score sheet. Yeah. I mean he's probably he could possibly not score any points if he doesn't get on the score <laughs> sheet. But at thirty eight hundred dollars, um, you're kind of take it's a risk that you I think you'd be okay taking. Mm-hmm. It's kinda it's almost like taking a defender at that price point and saying, you know, just get me five points and then when he gets you ten points it's a bonus. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then when he gets you 19 points, <laughs> triple bonus. Right. You're you're definitely cashing on that one. Um, you talked about Valeri before. Is there uh, enough of an interest in somebody like Fernando Adi, or is he a little too goal dependent at 8,500? I mean, he's been scoring them, so maybe uh, I'll at least preface it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I like Adi. He's actually priced, I'd say, fairly reasonably for – um, the talent that he's got and kind of the form that he's in. I mean, he's he's definitely still scoring goals. What's he got? Three, four in his last four five. Four and five, yeah. Yeah, so playing against at Houston, which seems like Houston's easy to pick on. Um, but again, uh, Portland need this one more than Houston do. Um, I mean, Portland are above the red line right now, but there's several teams like the Sounders. We were just even talking about the Whitecaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be making a push here, and um, if Portland drop points, then those teams are right there nipping at their heels to to step in and try to challenge for one of those last couple of playoff spots. So I don't think Portland's going to just roll over and, and take it easy, even though they are already in the playoff or above the playoff line. <laughs> the thing um, that, that encourages me about Adi is that he's taken 20 shots in his last four games. So it's not like <clears throat> one of those streaks where – it feels like a Josie streak where he has like five goals in five games, but he's also only taken five shots. Right. Um, that always makes me a little more encouraged about a goal streak when, when the guy's at least just peppering shots because, I mean, that's how you score, right? You, you take enough shots, some are bound to go in. So that's why Adi makes me feel a little bit better than, than normal. Yeah, and he was, I mean, just from the get-go last game, he was just firing at will. Like, yeah. And that's what you want to see, especially in a fantasy forward. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, anybody else from from this game? I mean, the, I guess, is there anybody from the Houston side? Maidana, Minotas, 
is getting a little more expensive um, just because he's he's getting the playing time now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, 5,100 for possibly two points. <laughs> Seems right. like a lot to me. Yeah, probably not. Um, let's see. I'd maybe look at the uh, defensive options for Portland, maybe Jake Gleason and goal. Um, I mean, as much as Minotis has been coming around, um, and Alex has been. I was just about to say, what about Alex? Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't see that continuing. <laughs> and uh, what is Gleason? Gleason's four thousand dollars. That looks really attractive on the mm. slate. So uh, might consider him and goal, and then uh, maybe even pair him with like an Alvis Powell um, or Jack Jewsberry for you know Jack Jewsberry's forty five hundred. He's not always going to score you a lot of points. I mean, most of the time, it's probably going to be like closer to between five and seven. Um, but he's definitely the type of player that's going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be on corner kicks, and he pops up from time to time with a goal too. I mean, he's he's got a shot. I think he's got several goals over the course of his career. He just announced his retirement. He's going to want to finish on a strong note. So. <laughs> I could probably see myself playing Jewsberries and Jewsberry in a couple of spots. Okay. Down the stretch here, and this might be one of them. This is it, yeah. Okay. Um, the next game <clears throat> has a, a lot of question marks on one side. We've got Dallas at RSL. It looks like RSL could be without Javier Morales, Jao Plata, and Mavsisian, which is quite a bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Dallas on the road, we. Uh, we saw Mauro Diaz play last week after the U.S. Open Cup, so it looks like they're going to keep rolling him out. Um, does traveling to RSL, um, well, one, one, does traveling to RSL make you hesitate at all on Dallas? And two, does do the absences for RSL make you go away from them? Do we go all over Jordan Allen? Um, <laughs> what's the where do you think we go with this game? We were so we were supposed to go all over Jordan Allen last week, and he had, I think uh, Mulholland ended up starting in yeah. place of him. But uh, might be a little bit more likely that he starts um, now with those other potential absences. So um, definitely back on him if he does start. Um, he had nine points off the bench last week in 39 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should have just stuck with him instead yeah. of scrambling at the <laughs> <Totally>. end and <laughs> lineups drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I ended up with Justin Glad in my lineup, which he actually ended up with like seven points or something like that. I couldn't complain. Mm-hmm. Um, no, a lobby fourteen-point uh, hammer. No, I didn't have the funds to squeeze him <laughs> in. I was I was looking for him, but um, I guess too we need to go back and give credit where credit's due. Talking about uh, FC Dallas traveling cross country, um, JD was quick to uh, point mm-hmm. out that FC Dallas is still FC Dallas. No. Uh, U.S. Open Cup hangover that they would go into New York City and compete, um, which they did. Same with New England. They went in and took care of business. So good yep. call, J.D. That's right. You, uh, you nailed that one. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I'm not really hesitant on Dallas in this one either. I think they actually probably have a good setup with uh, Salt Lake missing so many attackers. Um, just going to be hard for them to keep pace with Dallas. Yeah. Especially if Dallas, you know, bring out their their guns and and uh, go to work, I think Dallas could come out of there with a full three points. So I wouldn't hesitate if you you know if you want to play a guy like Arudi, um, even Barrios is in a decent spot here. And then uh, yeah, I mean Diaz, I think is is fine to roll out. 
And do, are you staying away from RSL because of it? Or is, is so. Allen the only play? Is he not even a play? Yeah, I'd probably go back with, I'd probably play Allen. Um, and then I just, yeah, I don't know who else I would feel comfortable with playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a huge Almas Garcia fan. I mean, the guy's, I think he went on a run last year, two years ago at some point, but he just really hasn't latched on since then. So, yeah, Burrito? I'd say maybe Burrito. Maybe. I mean, he's, I don't know, it feels like he kind of thrives with those other guys around him. Yeah. So I just, I don't know if we've seen him much without uh, Plata or Morales or Mavsisian. If, if Plata and Morales don't play and Allen doesn't start, who takes the corners? Mm, <laughs> possibly uh, Mulholland. Mulholland, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Ugh. But yeah, I'd say I mean maybe maybe I'd consider Burrito and uh, and Allen hmm. in this one. Other other than the Dallas options, you started the the Olmos Garcia point by saying I'm not a big fan of, and I thought you were going to say Burrito, and I was going to streamline into a whole food conversation. But we'll, <laughs> we'll keep that. Uh... Oh man, I love burritos. Yeah. <laughs> um, final game of the night is Sporting Kansas City at San Jose. Dom Dwyer's been playing pretty well lately. Um, he's at 8,700, which is a lot cheaper than, um, well, I guess, well, it's a lot cheaper than the uh, the top tier guys on this slate. It's in that Adi Laren range. Um, do you have a feeling on this game? Uh, at least, I can't imagine you're going to go heavy on, on the earthquakes. Maybe another Wando guarantee? I'm not going to guarantee a Wando goal, but I I think that both those guys are, I think, I mean, I think that they're both guys worth targeting. Okay. Maybe not so much in cash, but, um, Dwyer's definitely been hot lately. I don't know if it's the, the, uh, paternal. I was gonna say, yeah, he's a dad now. That's all yeah, it takes. A, just had his baby, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, maybe less than that, but, um, yeah, so 26 points this past game, 27 the game before that, and Kansas City need them right now. Um, both these teams really need a result this game, so that's kind of why I'm leaning towards Dwyer and, and uh, Wando because they're both going to be looking towards their goal scorers here. So um, Wando's 1200 bucks less than, than Dwyer. He's playing at home. He did put a put put up a goose egg last week. Yep. <laughs> um, so I don't think too many folks are gonna have Wando in their lineup. I mean, he's he'll be a differential play if you want to play him. But um, Kansas City's defense isn't one that really strikes me as one to shy away from, though. Mm-hmm. So um, and Wando's on the cheap end of forwards too. So um, that might be a late game hammer. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, <clears throat> with Zuzi out, is he still just banged up? I can't remember. He didn't come back I'm last sure I week. Saw, I read an article on MLSsoccer.com earlier just basically saying that Sporting Kansas City is ready for him to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying like... Great. <laughs> yeah, didn't really allude much to much else other than just they need him back, that they've been fed up with all the injuries that they've had to deal with. and yeah. um, So... Okay. I don't know. I'm not really counting on him being back. Yeah, it seems like if you if you don't go Dwyer, 
It doesn't seem like anybody really has legitimate goal upside other than Dwyer. I mean, I guess you could say Failhopper, but... Ugh. Yeah, it's um, just hard to pay that price for him. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's hitting double digits, but you're talking like 10, 11, right. 12, like that kind of double digits, right. not, not like... 22. 15. Well, he had a 26 point game. Yeah. That he followed up with a two pointer. Yeah. Um, did <laughs> Brad Davis, if he starts, 5,500? Uh, if I'm in a pinch, like, and somehow my lineup, my utility guys open at that last game, then maybe, but probably not. <laughs> if I'm playing in a league where I can only pick guys named Brad for 5,500, <laughs> I guess I would take him. <laughs> <laughs> I might even choose Madronda over Brad Davis at this point. Oh, JD wouldn't let you stand for that, but I'll let it slide. Um, saying, hey, Madronda had eight points in his return to action last game. I think Davis had five. So mm-hmm. you want to compare the two? Oh, still twelve short of that lovely twenty <laughs> twenty points that we're all we're all looking for. Um, all right, that's the the end of the Saturday slate. Um, we have. Is it two games on Sunday? Yeah, two games Sunday. Galaxy hosting Seattle and Columbus hosting the Revs, which um, should actually be two pretty good games since everybody has plenty to play for. Um, L.A. Do you think Donovan starts? Probably not. Um, I think Dos Santos is set to return to action. Um, back in full training, so I think that he probably slots in for Alan Gordon, is my guess. Okay. Um, and plays alongside Keen up top. And I think that uh, Boateng and Legette are still kind of on the wings there for him. Um, I don't think that Donovan starts. I think he's coming off the bench again. Yeah. Um, in fact, where is Donovan? He's at 5,200 now, so wow. his goal bumped him up a little bit. Yeah. But- um, who do you consider the best or who has the most upside of the four teams? Is it Keen? Is it Dos Santos? Of, of the players? Yeah, yeah the, the, the players in these four teams, yeah, for the Sunday slate. Yeah, for me, I think Kai Kamara is, oh. is the guy that um, immediately comes to mind. Wow. I feel like we've kind of played that storyline out a couple times earlier in the season, but it's different this time around. He's actually going to Columbus. Yes. Um, where he had the falling out. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how the fans react to him because he's, you know, I think that he was, he made a pretty big impact on the team and the fans when he was there. And I think a lot of fans are, you know, pretty upset to see him go. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, of course there's going to be, you know, the, the guys that um, side with the team and, want to say that it was the right thing to do but i still feel like he he made a really good impact there almost led him to an mls cup um and again i mean going back to just the uh the nature of of how much this game impacts the playoffs like the revs really need this game so do columbus um i love this game for fantasy purposes by the way i think there's going to be some goals here so um so i assume you like Ola Kamara as well. Yes, I like both the Kamaras. Okay. I might have I might have brothers Kamara in my lineup. There we go. Um, there are like a decent number of upper tier players though. I mean, Ladero's at ninety nine. Dos Santos is at ten five. You're not nearly as high on Dos Santos as JD is. Um, so I imagine you're going to pass on ten five for for Dos Santos. 
Yeah, I, he's been a guy that's been in my lineups the past several weeks, but I just feel like we should kind of temper the expectations a little bit. Like this has been the best that we've ever seen from him. Um, and if he's dealing with some sort of niggling injury too, then I'm just a little bit cautious of paying top dollar for a guy that's kind of, you know, in the injury conversation, maybe he goes 60 minutes and gets pulled because they want to keep him fresh. Mm -hmm. Not to say that he can't do some damage in 60 minutes, but um, I'm just, I'm kind of pumping the brakes a little bit on him, okay. so to speak. Yep. Um, I mean, he's definitely still got the upside, don't get me wrong, but um, on this slate, then I'm probably going to take the savings with a guy like Kai in a more favorable matchup, I think. And, uh, yeah, that's probably how I'm going to roll. I mean, even, even, uh, Lodero 600 bucks less than Dos Santos. I feel like he's got maybe a safer floor than Dos Santos. I mean, I think even, even though Dos Santos is taking corners and whatnot now for LA, it feels like Lodero might have just a little bit more of a safer floor. Are you going to make an argument for Lee Wen? Yeah. Yeah, I will. It's 6,600. It's about the only argument that, that you need. Uh, talking about all the high-priced guys on the slate, then um, uh. Wynn's probably Wynn's probably got – he's got as much upside, maybe not as much of a floor, but he's got as much upside as some of those guys that are priced you know, three or 4,000 bucks more than him, especially in a game that I feel like is going to be some goals scored. Then, yeah, I'll look – uh, wins way again oh. and Kellen Rowe I mean Kellen Rowe had a heck of a game this past game 43 points yeah that's nuts um, 13 the game before that double digits the game before that so what what makes you think win outscores Rowe I can't really make an argument there oh okay I was... yeah I'd say it's maybe like either or on okay. those guys yeah I mean I think Wynn has a little bit more of kind of the uh, pulling the strings, so to speak, duty. But yep. um, Rowe, it's it, the way that the Revs have been lining up the past few weeks have, has given Rowe a little bit more um, attacking responsibility too. So, um, yeah, I mean, if it's between those two, then I might actually lean Rowe because he's about a 1000 bucks less. Yeah. Um Lee wins point totals for last week. I can't let this go. It's four, five, five, four, six, twenty-two, and five. That's why That's, I like row better. Yeah, there's um, your there's your argument for row over win. Right. Uh, so if you think there are a lot of goals in this game, um, are you looking at either Brian Rowe or Stefan Fry for the other game as a goalie? Yeah, Fry's uh, 3,200. 3, I mean, I do think LA are going to get on the score sheet, but if Fry makes a handful of saves, and I think on a two-game slate, then yeah, I, I think that that's worth the savings. Totally agree. Um, the oh, – gosh, I can't believe we – I, I kind of like Leggett over Lee Wynn too because um, he's been playing – like really well. Yeah, you can make an argument for Legit. You can make an argument for even a guy like Diego Fagundes. Mm -hmm. um, he's nine points this past game, 27 the game before that. 
12 before that so yeah it's just the revs in general have some fantasy options yeah um and win is probably the higher the higher price one of the you know if you're talking that 5,000 range Juan Aguidela has been playing really well um so it's yeah there's going to be some decisions to be made I think that win will be in the minority as far as lineups are concerned so if you want to separate yourself a little bit then maybe he's the play Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I think that a lot of people are going to be looking at um Kellen Rowe's 43 point game and Fagundes's recent run of form um, I think those you'll see a little bit more of those guys, and you'll see win. What about a fifty-eight hundred Juan Agudelo? Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's for a two-game slate. It's as as cheap as you'll get for a forward. Yeah, I guess you probably wouldn't start him if you're going with the brothers Kamara. Yeah, I might. Although, hmm. Maybe in that utility spot. Yep. And uh, the only other guy that popped out at me was Mohamed Saeed because Iguain. Is he still in the league? <laughs> nah, he's retired. He retired, yeah. Moved to, to uh, where's his brother now? Torin with the Juventus. Oh, yeah. Um, now maybe that Kai's back in town. Maybe he comes back to life. Oh, that's right. That's right. Storylines. I hope that happens. I feel like there are way too many times where the revenge game, well, all the time, basically, the revenge games don't live up to it. And how great would this be if, like, uh, Iguain and Kamara just we're just going back and forth. That's all yeah. MLS needs. Oh yeah, and we could play the, up the drama. Yeah, we could play up the revenge. It would be great, just great. Ugh. Um, all right, that's the whole slate. My last question: We're going to go back to FMLS. Who do you think you're captaining this week? You ranked uh, via number one uh, mm-hmm. for your rankings this week. Um, that's where I was going. Do you actually do you have via on your team? Yep, I brought him in um, last round. He got me three points, but I, <laughs> I kind yeah. of kind of brought him in based off of that. They did have they had a home game last round, and then they've got this home game tomorrow night mm-hmm. uh, against Chicago. So um, yeah, I was kind of was just saying like, give me some goals between those two games. So this has got to be the game. Um, yeah. He's gonna he's probably gonna be wearing my captain's armband tomorrow, um, unless I have some kind of crazy change of heart over the next. 24 hours it's totally uh, mental but i hate having my captain on the friday game yeah because you just if they don't play well then you just see people passing you all day saturday who went with anybody else right then you've got the whole weekend to sit around and sulk about yeah your captain <laughs> totally which is decision. definitely what i do and then i pepper you and jd with dms about how pissed i am <laughs> um i think that's the only reason though that i'm where i where my team is because the the times where I nailed my captain were the times where not many people went that route. Mm-hmm. Like I think I captained via one week, which is why I always go to him so often. But one week he got me like some monster score when Javinko had like an off game and that like really pushed me up. And so, but, and I think he played on like the Sunday night game. Like it was, all, it, everything worked out so perfectly. And now it's like the first game I'm really confident in him. I think everybody's going to have him and, uh, I hope it works out because I'd like to move up a little more with only four weeks to go. Yeah, I think he's in a good spot here. I mean, it feels like New York City's going to hang a few goals on the fire, and uh, I think it's going to be, be between him and, and BWP will be the most popular captain yeah. choices. Yep. Um, unless maybe 
word breaks that Giovinco's back in action 100% or something like that, then we might see a big push for Giovinco. But um, I think it's going to be BWP or, or Via. And I think right now, I'm, as, as hot as uh, BWP's been, I'm, I'm just, I feel like Via's got yeah. a little bit better of a matchup. So. Do you pick up Javinko if it sounds like he's going to play? Like, how 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 strong does the news have to be for you to pick him up? Maybe that he's starting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like right. that's about it, really. For yeah. me, um, right now I've got um, BWP via and Drogba across my front line, and I'm pretty set on on dropping Drogba for one of the Kamaras. I just leaning towards Kai right now, but. Um, I mean, I really, I really feel like both of those guys are good options. So yeah, my problem is, is that I went five midfielders deep, and so I, I played basically three four three the entire season, and recently went to five. Uh, I went to a three five two, and I can't decide if it's worth going back or not. But my midfielders have been so have just been awful. Yeah. Oh. Well, since you're wild carding next round, just yeah. Uh, Put your blinders on for this round only. Yeah, match up. Yeah, that's the key. Oh well. All right, sir. Thank you very much, and uh, good luck this week. Yep. Good luck, guys. Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit RotoWire.com/soccer.